1: Hello and welcome to the new European podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I am joined by Jerry Scott.
2: Hello. Hi,
1: Jerry. You came in at exactly the right moment. Wow. <laughs> Steve remains on holiday, which mm-hmm. is annoying, especially for you, Jerry, because you've got to stand in for all things. So well,
2: yeah. I know someone's got a decent work around here. There you I suppose. go.
1: There you go. So we're going to do the news first of all, as normal, then. Listen, indulge me. It's silly season. <laughs> I've come up with this theory, so I'm, I'm very
2: excited to hear well, this. I'm going to
1: tell you about my Brexit conspiracy theories. Excellent. And then Whispering John O'Reed is going to join us to talk about social media.
2: Attempt to, to speak up.
1: Well, I, I did. Good. I Good. did before we came down, and I'm hoping he's upstairs practicing a big booming voice. He's doing Hello, a warm-ups. hello, John O'Reed. He'd be like. Brian Blessed. <laughs> Dive! You'll be like, tweet <laughs> Anyway, he, he is one of the TNE team and he will be joining us a little bit later. But firstly, let's get to the news. Now, we're in recess, mm-hmm. so there's not lots of it. Not loads on. But I think there's been an important little development, hasn't it? John, uh, John O'Reilly, no, we didn't send him to France and Austria, did we? We sent Jeremy Hunt.
2: Yeah, we don't have the expenses for that, do we? <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, Jeremy Hunt's gone to Austria and he's uh, he's one of the cabinet ministers who's been you know, kind of projected across Europe to, yeah, <laughs> to sow seeds. Yeah, sort of, sort of,
1: sort of spurted <laughs> from London.
2: <laughs> It's like, a, it's like a crap Thunderbird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon,
1: do you reckon that Theresa May is at the window of Street going, Fly, my <laughs> <Yeah>. pretties!
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, That's the right kind of
1: vibe for her, isn't yeah. it? That might work for her.
2: Yeah, he's been in Austria, hasn't he? Um, and he's um, basically said, we're heading for a no-deal by accident.
1: Yeah, and and a messy divorce and all this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, he said, it's not Project Fear, it's Project Reality.
1: Now, his counterpart, whose name I did have in front of me and now haven't...
2: It's a... Karen Nezel?
1: He's very good. I think you might be right. Excellent. Yes. Um, sort of wouldn't want having any of this, was she?
2: No, no. She, went, she weren't really having it. Um,
1: she basically uh, just said, we're working towards getting a deal, Mr Hunt. Don't worry your pretty little face. So maybe he's come home and gone, listen, it's fine. The Austrians say it's fine. The Austrians say it's fine. We should
2: all be reassured.
1: Is, is this the right thing to do? To get the ministers out there, and because he's not the only one, of course, there's plenty more visits planned. I think we're going to all 27 at some point during the summer. Yeah, is it the right approach? You think?
2: I think it is the right approach, yeah, but I think I it's do. a bit late. Well, <laughs> but I do. I th- I think we yeah. should have ministers out there talking to yeah, yeah. countries. Yeah, absolutely. I think it
1: makes perfect sense, actually. And it, it, you know, the, this is actually probably the last thing that you want to happen. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people have really written or spoken about this, but Barnier will not be happy about us having direct contact with individual countries. No,
2: absolutely. And he'll
1: be worried about what's... We're going to get onto Macron in a minute, but he'll be worried about that because our deal's being done now behind his back. It's stuff going on that he's not a party to. Um, And, of course, we've always said from the beginning that the most important two people uh, in Brexit negotiations haven't even really come to the table yet, and that's Macron and and Merkel. Yeah. But now they are doing...
2: Well, it seems, doesn't it, a bit... um... Divide and rule, and I'm not saying that in a yeah. negative way no, 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 either. No, no, no. And it's to, the idea kind of seems to be to yeah, sound out these kind of key governments um, in the hope that they're kind of going to bend Bunny's ear. A yeah. Bit. yeah, So I, I think I think it's a good move.
1: It is a good move. It, like you say, maybe it should have happened a bit sooner. But yeah. then the other thing is, and we've got to. It's really important, this as as, as remainers that we don't become shrill and ridiculous like the leavers have. And I think um, it, it's. Important also to realise that, all right, we don't want to leave the EU. But if there is going to be negotiations, the most sensible thing is to leave it until the end. <laughs> because that's how you get a little bit more of what you want. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, the, I mean, these negotiations are not going to be done by next week. No. October, Christmas. They will still be sat round a table. I can almost assure you, right up until the very, very, very last second, we might get over that hurdle in October, and it'll all be. There'll still be little other bits to do.
2: Yeah, and the people are aware of that. You know, this—that is one of the things that Jeremy Hunt said that we do have to make a decision on our future relationship by the end of this year,
1: and we've got to be honest with ourselves about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Well, I mean, but, but, and, and prior to that, a lot of things that aren't in place yet have got to be, and that—that yep. that is why this summer little little break, this little quietening down of of the uh, voices in Westminster is really important for Theresa May, I think. And I do feel like, and I don't know if you agree, Jerry, but I do feel like she's got a little bit of vigour back since Boris and um, David Davis sulked off.
2: Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, frankly? Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's a sort of weight off her mind, I guess. But also, she's been very clear, and obviously she will have been very clear, I'm sure, with with Dominic Raab, that he is not the main show in town here. She is. He's the the support act.
2: Yeah, I I do think also that sending Jeremy Hunt to Austria, um I know he's one of many, but is a bit of a kind of um a bit of signalling that Foreign Office has taken a bit more of a front yeah. front front like run, front front well, line role in Brexit again. You certainly
1: trust Jeremy Hunt over. Boris. Exactly. exactly,
2: exactly. So I think that can only be a good thing, really.
1: Boris would have turned up in Lederhosen, oh, wouldn't he? God, Started I know. talking about everyone's favourite Austrian <laughs> son and like goose stepping down the <laughs> you know he would though wouldn't he yeah
2: yeah yeah oh he's not a loss is he really
1: he's not certainly not a loss to diplomacy god bless him no. Austria in the summer is beautiful by the way I'm
2: sure it is you I've
1: should... never been oh you've never been at all no Austria it's one of the best places in Europe for a summer holiday
2: alright if but we send Dijono should... to France can you send me there
1: absolutely we'll get you right. What, are you busy this afternoon no send me now we'll, we'll send you off to Austria we sent you to Spain
2: haha <laughs> uh, yeah right we sent you to Spain <laughs> on a TNE budget yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Tell us about Macron then.
2: Um, yeah, Macron's an interesting one. Um, as we know, do you know... fancy him? Yeah, he's very handsome. Of
1: course I him. do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you say that
2: do like, you? Of course I do. He's male. Don't you? <laughs> well, oh yes. exactly.
1: <laughs> You're not his type, though.
2: No, I know, I know. Um, famously, <laughs> you will be in about forty not his years. Type. <laughs> it's all right. I'll take I'll take that in the good spirit. It was uh, it was intended. Um, Maids on holiday. She's in Italy. Um, Macron's
1: on holiday as well. Yes,
2: absolutely, and she's going to go see him. Basically, is the uh, is the long and short of it. Um,
1: Do you think it'll be a little bit like? Okay, if Steve's listening, he'd get this. You want? <laughs> no, simply because of the era I'm about to allude oh, okay, to. Fine. I think it's going to be a little bit like uh, ITV sitcom Duty Free.
2: Yeah, sorry, that's right over my head.
1: Well, these two couples went on holiday at the same place in Spain every year, and and. Every series would be part of that. Would be that two-week holiday, and one of the couple's husbands and the other couple's wife were having a secret affair, and they'd almost always get caught, like round the corner <laughs> in this holiday romance. Do you <laughs> reckon that's what it's like? Yes, I
2: think it's exactly. Theresa what
1: it's May and, it's like. and Emmanuel Macron are sort of hiding behind bushes, to get, getting caught by Phil and. Or Mrs.
2: for the Macron. modern generation, it's yeah. an Italian version of Love Island.
1: Oh, they've
2: recoupled.
1: It, yeah, but they—they're going to France. It's all right. French version of that's one, all right. We
2: can deal yeah. with yeah. that. We oh, can do that. We can deal
1: with that. So, we, so, Ther- Theresa May is recoupled with Emmanuel Macron. Yes. So this has happened before.
2: Absolutely. Oh, scandal on the <laughs> CNN podcast this week. Um, no, she's going to go see him, isn't she? And and have a chat and see if she can really get him on, get him on side. Um,
1: do you think she'll be like still mid holiday, the Lila arm, snorkel sun on,
2: <laughs> <laughs> sun cream down her nose? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: But, Pineapple of a straw.
2: Well, we all bit Coconut nervous, even. weren't we? Because it is a walking holiday. She's on in Italy, and we all know mm. what happened last time she went on a walking holiday.
1: She probably go go to the south of France and declare that they're going to have a general election
2: <laughs> in France. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's going to be a bit disappointed, to be honest. I don't think Macron's going to budge that much. No. Um, I think the EU twenty-seven have showed real. Cohesion, to be honest.
1: Do you think? If, I mean, going back to what we we're talking about just a moment ago. But do you think if we're going to pick away at some of the outlying countries, it's not going to be Germany and France that are going to budge?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think um Macron's vision isn't it for a is for a Europe that's kind of more flexible and more integrated, and that kind of flies in the face of everything that we're trying to do with Brexit in the face of
1: Brexit, but does it fly in the face of uh, some kind of deal that May is trying to shape? possibly, I mean
2: no, it's, um, potentially not um, but I don't think that there Boris. will be much uh...
1: is Macron saying why don't you go back and put this to the country put this idea I've had to the country
2: I don't think he is, I don't think he's going to break ranks like that he's a maverick but well, I don't think he's going to break ranks like that
1: well, I don't right. know, we'll soon well, see we soon will, we soon will it must be important if she's breaking off her walking holiday.
2: Well, she loves a walking holiday, famously. Maybe
1: she's walking there. Oh, God. She's like got a Just Giving
2: page set up for it. She's raising money for the Brexit well, <laughs> negotiations. The Alps
1: are beautiful this time of year. You might bump into Jeremy Hunt. Maybe. So it's been an okay week for Theresa. She's on holiday, yeah. she's doing a bit of work. Jeremy's been out to beautiful Austria talking about messy divorces. Yep. Not been such a good week for Jeremy. Corbyn.
2: It's not been brilliant.
1: It's a massive fucking shit show. Yeah, it's
2: not a great look at all for Corbyn or Labour at the moment.
1: It's uh, MP after MP is calling him out on this. Yep, I've seen numerous people on Twitter, former real Corbynistas, not happy about this. Yeah and it's, and as I said and I don't know if I about about it. was it last week or the week before when I had a massive rant about Jeremy Corbyn yeah, yeah. I said this really could have been solved so long ago mm-hmm. and that's the annoying thing about it and the new detail of course is that you stood up and you spoke at this event in 2010 Yeah. now for any Corbynistas um, and conspiracy theorists and we're getting onto that of course mm-hmm. in a minute who are listening and think that this is what happened that into who um, say why wasn't it reported in 2010 there were loads of this on Twitter right? yeah so, And they think that a journalist, I think it was um, the Times red box, wasn't it? uh, uh, Matt Chorley, who who wrote the story, um, who went, ooh, in 2010, ooh, backbench nobody. Jeremy Corbyn's been been at an event that might be a bit dodgy. I'll keep that in my (laughs) back pocket just in case he is ever leader. And then he wins the leadership contest in 2015 and Matt goes to his news desk and says we've got a great story here boss I knew it happened I've been sat on this for five years and they went nah, let's leave it see what happens yeah, next yeah, yeah. and then Brexit come on look the leader is a Remainer let's do it now he's a pretender Remainer let's do it now and then he just went, ooh I just don't think Not the time's quite, quite yet. right yet and then another leadership election <laughs> no and then now
2: now is the day
1: it's yeah. utter nonsense. It's been reported now because it's been found out about now. Very questionable. It's such
2: that... a massive error of judgement,
1: to well, no, put it no. lightly. I don't think it was an error of judgement. I not... think he made the judgement yeah. and was happy to do the yeah. event. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what I mean is it's such it's, it's such a massive screw-up, basically, that you know how stubborn... Corbyn is famously seen and that this week haven't we? yeah and and he has had to apologize for it but it's one of those rubbish apologies tony blair apology if you will Awful. of being uh, apologizing for the concerns and anxiety caused not for actually doing it and it's not good enough
1: wow, it's just, just not good enough you just compared jeremy Corbyn to tony i Boyle. know i'm gonna get slaughtered on twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know even momentum are starting to get upset about this now yeah. it's um y- you wonder really if the if the best... I mean, I, Jeremy won't stand down. Nope. Uh, Jeremy won't let go of the party probably nope. until he is um, the wrong side of the earth. Um, and But the damage that is being done now on an almost daily basis to this proud party yeah. is just heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, on Tuesday morning, I think it was... Or maybe it was Wednesday morning, I can't quite remember... Um, he was doorstepped and the the journalists had obviously given the caviar tenor and said can you wind the window (laughs) down on the outside it's an old trick of course and jeremy morning morning yes goodbye we're going now and then had to go can you wind the window up quick did you see that so he wouldn't answer any questions on it at all Uh, now john mcdonald who uh, listen i think it's a equally not equally dangerous movie but certainly dangerous economically came out and spoke really well, actually, and said, you know, we're devastated by this, we need to do something to sort out. Didn't suggest what it might be. No.
2: But it is, it is that stubbornness, that that kind of bringing down the hatches, not saying anything, it, and it, it's just so frustrating that it's gone so far past frustrating now, it's absolutely infuriating, and it's horrible to watch.
1: Or, I mean, the thing is that uh, this has been going on now for so long. Yeah that the only real conclusion can be that uh, Jeremy, uh, Seamus Mill, don't agree with the accepted definition of yeah. what um, of what anti-Semitism is.
2: But what else can there be? Why else, mean, else would they not accept it? Yeah,
1: yeah. it, it, it that's that the only reasonable conclusion. No. Uh, so they think that's wrong, and Jer- Jeremy's Jeremy's claims, or the Labour office's claims, press his claims that He didn't know the views of these people who were speaking. Well, listen, if I had been sat on that panel and those people had spoken the way they did, I would have left.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I would have got left. Yeah. It's just it's it's one kind of revelation after the other, and it just keeps getting worse. And for so long, you know, the 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 Jewish community who have been saying this have been kind of accused of making it up for Mm. whatever means or, or whatever. But you can't deny the evidence is there that there's a massive problem and you know that the, the, parts of the Jewish community have come to the conclusion that Labour has declared war on them basically
1: there's some hilarious, if you get 10-15 minutes go through Twitter and check out the real hardcore Corbynistas mm-hmm. who are convinced this is a Tory MI5 plot, oh good who, there was a great one last night I've just cancelled my momentum because momentum uh, took their backing away from uh, yeah. uh, for, the, um, for the NEC wasn't yeah. it um, and so they said, "I've just withdrawn my subs for Momentum. I never thought that they were Blairites." Uh, <laughs> that's just are you completely me. insane? Are you completely mad? Absolutely hilarious. They're well worth. Um, they're well worth. I a love read.
2: a conspiracy theory. So,
1: well, good because that's <laughs> what we'll do next.
2: Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website www.theneweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. Hello.
1: It is silly season, which in, in journalistic August is a problem month for journalists. It's a big,
2: it's a big issue. Uh, a lot of
1: people go on holiday, and they stop doing the things that they normally do. That we where we normally get our news, like Parliament. So we have to dig a little bit deeper. And the same has happened for the pod. So this week we're going to talk about our Brexit conspiracy theories.
2: you got some high quality sound hey, on this hey, did you
1: like that? i liked it oh what a tune that is um so i love a conspiracy theory yeah me too what's your favorite one of outside brexit
2: oh um moon landing being fake
1: oh it wasn't though was it
2: No, it wasn't cuz it wasn't
1: i've got a picture on my wall of neil armstrong's the you know the first footprint on the moon have you neil armstrong's <laughs> footprint but it's in super close up oh yeah and it looks like beams i like it yeah, it's it's a very cool picture, very cool. I mean, I could have chosen a beautiful one of the earth, with this, but this <laughs> cuz I've got some dust.
2: It's <laughs> <That's quite> right.
1: <laughs> my favorite one I think is the um maybe the Bermuda Triangle.
2: Oh, the Bermuda Triangle is a good one, yeah. yeah. I also like uh that Everyone's a Lizard.
1: Everyone's a Lizard. Well,
2: the royal family, you know, the elite. Yeah, lizards.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th- I thought that was just true.
2: Well, I mean.
1: There's what there's I mean. a theory that there is a secret tube station underneath Buckingham Palace to get the Queen out ooh I like
2: yeah, that I like. one
1: and do you reckon she has a secret tube train as well with all the like, <laughs> these,
2: like it's all like gold plated she plated.
1: No better than that solid gold have you seen there's net curtains <laughs> in Buckingham Palace they're not that posh you know <laughs> they're, not, they're like you know like aristocratic families they're not that posh no really. no no too posh to wash I reckon ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh what's that smell oh it's the Queen it's just the way it's, <laughs> it's just the Queen Uh, It's only once a week. The bath. The bath she has. It's only once a week. Anyway, tell us your first. So we've got two each, yeah? We've got two. We've got two. So what's your first Brexit conspiracy theory?
2: So this one is long running and it's probably my favourite because it just stems off all these like mini conspiracy theories that all tie into the same thing, which of course is the point. It's all one big um, conspiracy. And it is the thought that the government. Flash, mi5 oh
0: yeah
2: uh working with all these weird means to influence um brexit and the vote in the first place and so they wanted brexit well no oh, they didn't so want didn't Brexit. brexit. Well, no did. exactly <laughs> and that you know Love they're that. still kind of working in the background to make sure that it all kind of falls apart and it doesn't so happen so mi5 yeah
1: so mi5 after the they were all sat around they were quite happy <laughs> like probably got their feet up yeah um, they always they drink whiskey all day, don't they? Oh, yeah. Because I've, yeah. I've read John le Carre, but he's <laughs> drinking whiskey and...
2: Cigars are on way. has got a real
1: bad cough all the time. It's always raining. And then um, <laughs> David Cameron goes, yes, we're going to have a friend. they like, oh, f- oh, shit! F- <laughs> out. I do some work now. Uh, so they come out to the bridge on Vauxhall and yep. they try and influence the vote.
2: Yep. They're but going the... around canvassing people, you know. <laughs> but they do <laughs> they need got the to... they banners.
1: Vote <laughs> Remain! They had a big banner outside on the on the building.
2: Um, no, this is like the stuff... Um, we heard, obviously, all this in 2016, but it's worth revisiting it because it's just bonkers. Um, people taking pens to voting booths because they were convinced that... Because oh, yeah, the yeah. standard is, is that there's a pencil in yeah, a
1: voting booth. And they thought that mi 5 rubbing <laughs> were they hiding in the box yeah. they had a spy in every box <laughs> yeah. that must have been a shock for people who were locked up some guy ran out absolutely some spy absolutely
2: mad and then there was the um registration website crashing wasn't yeah. there having to yeah, be yeah, extended that, yeah. and people think that theresa may calling a snap election and it all going terribly it's a bit Theresa and Brexit. Phil are walking
1: in the Welsh hills and then they say well, oh look Phil what's that There's someone parachuting and when they look closer he's got a dinner jacket on And he's got a union jack parachute, and it's James Bond. (laughs) And he says, Right, Teresa, you're going to have to call a snap election, or else you're done for.
2: Done. Um, But do you know what? We laugh, but it's not even just um, Leavers that fought this. There's an LBC poll that found that 28% of um, supporters of the Leave campaign think the government is working with, or was working with, MI5 to rig the vote. Mm. 16% of Remain supporters fought the same. (laughs) Um. But this is so laughable because it, it just—it just isn't the case. <laughs> I really hope MI5 aren't
1: this rubbish. I know
2: <laughs> because everything that we're talked about here about like vote registration crashing and the government's crap attempts at negotiations is just incompetence. It's nothing to do with any kind of you know massive overriding plan. It's just that right. people are a bit crap.
1: Maybe Theresa May. Now, have you noticed... Now, I met I Theresa met May three times, mm-hmm. right? And the first time was when she was the uh, Home Secretary. Mm-hmm. Years ago, long before Brexit, was even a word, yeah. right? And
2: Was there such a time? It well, it like... probably was a word, but it wasn't <laughs>
1: one we ever thought was actually going to be used on a podcast. Um, and her appearance has changed quite a lot. Yeah. So, has she been... Has the real Theresa May been kidnapped and replaced by a, a robot, the Maybot... Yes. Who is now... Running the show. Yeah.
2: Yeah, potentially. But what's happened to the old Theresa May in there?
1: Well, she'll be in the same place as the old Paul McCartney.
2: Where is that?
1: Well, I don't know, but there, there's this conspiracy theory about McCart- well, he, McCartney. Well, the conspiracy theory goes, I think, that McCartney died and the Beatles won't have, just found a look-alike there to a
2: That, of course, is another one, that the Queen died around the time of the Brexit vote, and right. they've been covering it up ever since, because the country can't possibly well, I've seen take her. it.
1: I've seen her a few but times. Have you? I've smelt you? her.
2: Have you? <laughs> <laughs> <a> weekly bath.
1: <laughs> well, yes, I have. I saw her um, um, you know, from the, that... Show on the Channel Four getting married to that ginger fella. She was at that thing.
2: <laughs> you don't know it's her. Well,
1: well. She had. Well, I've. I've. Ne- well, she was dressed like a raver.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, she always is, isn't she? Oh, exactly. She loves the set. The Queen. Always matching. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I just I I love that one because it just spawns a new mini conspiracy theory every now and again. Brilliant. This um,
1: foil hat stuff. I love it. Yeah, I really love it as well. Okay, so my first one. Yeah. This, was that your sensible one?
2: That was that was my mad one.
1: Oh, that was your mad one. Oh God, I've gone. <laughs> You've way gone way out
2: of the park. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna finish my <laughs> mad one. The sensible one is that Jeremy Hunt talking about No Deal Brexit. Yeah. Hatmancock talking about No Deal Brexit. Yeah. This is a, like a thing now, isn't it? The government are trying to prepare us for a No Deal Brexit. Uh uh-huh. Talking about this Brexit apocalypse. Yep. No aeroplanes in the sky, or if they are, they're probably just falling out. <laughs>
2: No food, food no food, adequate be, food. salmon and
1: milk roll, <laughs> yeah. for tea, kids. Yep. Probably no running water.
2: Yeah, men and make do.
1: Like words don't make sense anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it going to be like the Millennium Bug? <laughs> yeah.
1: The Brexit Bug. They're making you know they're making it sound really bad, aren't they? Yeah. Now, my belief is that a no deal Brexit would be would be devastating for this country, yep. right? Long term. I think though, if we wake up the next morning, it'll still you know. Kids will still be going to school. It won't be like the end of threads No, for people of a certain age. <laughs> <coughs> Older than you, Gerry. Um, but they're building this up now. My view is that they might be doing this on purpose, right? One, to spook the EU a bit, right? which I've always said is not massively a bad idea. If you're in a negotiation, you probably need to keep your nuclear option active, at least. But more importantly, to scare us. So that when Theresa May comes back with a deal, which is meh, we go, oh, well, at least there's no aeroplanes falling out of the sky and spam fatigue. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? I think you're right. I think that's classic, isn't it? It's a classic under-promise. Yeah. So you over-deliver. Yeah.
1: So don't be fooled, kids. When Theresa May comes back with, don't worry, we've we've got free turnip trade with Europe still, but everything else is done, (laughs) but haven't I done well? And you all go, yay, well done, Theresa. At least there's still planes flying and... We don't have to stockpile medicine, etc. So
2: should we be panicking or not?
1: (laughs) That's a worry. I'm not sure either way. No. I think probably yes. (laughs) But I don't think we should be panicking for the day after Brexit. I think we should be panicking for 10 years after Brexit.
2: Okay, fine. (laughs) Um,
1: That's what should be worrying us. Yeah. So what's your second conspiracy theory?
2: So my sensible one, I suppose, one that I really do think is happening, um, is I think... You know, I'm talking about Ireland here, so Northern Ireland overwhelmingly vo vote to remain, um, as did Scotland, um, as we know, and but the problem in Ireland is that DUP is pro leave, has enough to take down to May's government. Um, but if we leave the EU without a free trade deal, there's gonna be a hard border yep. pop up between Oh, pop-up border, pop up border yeah, yeah like a was, like a pop-up bar
1: not as much fun as like a pop-up bagel or a cupcake shop, or cake shop. Yeah.
2: That, I think they'll be along the border just to you know make the whole experience a bit nicer um but that's not gonna kind of fly in Ireland considering the kind of emotional historical stuff it's just not it's not good enough um but then a free trade deal would obviously mean accepting EU regulations and free movement of the people which UK residents don't want well leavers don't want and i think this could lead to a major step towards irish reunification
1: but do you think for the, for this to be a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. someone needs to be conspiring with one or more parties yes so do you think that the irish the irish <laughs> hey that was good wasn't it <laughs> no, no, that we'll was more see, northern Irish. It was all right yeah um are, are they talking to the eu then and saying "Ooh"? This is an opportunity. Yeah,
2: I think they are. So there have been some cloak and dagger meetings in Dublin. And even the First Minister of Northern Ireland has kind of made some accusations that the Irish government is kind of secretly working towards uniting Ireland by stealth. I love stealth. Stealth. stealth and a conspiracy theory. Wow. And I don't really think it's a huge leap to make. Only 14% of people in the Republic oppose reunification.
1: Yeah, but what about in the Nord?
2: Well, I mean, it depends how much they don't want a hard border, which is which is massive.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on quite a little bit more than well, that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We might be simplifying the troubles on <laughs> the Irish issue just a touch there, Jerry. but I see what you're saying.
2: But I think, they, I think you know, Europe can be involved as well, and it really depends whether they're really working towards it or just trying to iron it out, I suppose. But I, I don't think it's a massive leap to make that no, maybe no, the Irish government and the EU will are thinking that could be an, an option o- on the table. An
1: opportunity has been seen. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Well, that, I don't think that would d- certainly bring down the British government.
2: What's your mad one?
1: Well, listen, it's not that mad. So bear with me, okay. right? It takes a little bit of explaining. Right. This.
3: <clears throat>
1: so, I believe that Brexit is a simulation. Right. Yeah. It's not actually real. So that's the good news.
2: Okay. <laughs> yep.
1: Now. For that to be true, there's something a little bit more scary. Go on. Nothing is real. (laughs) In fact...
2: Cool, this all got very much sitting in the corner at a party late at night.
1: (laughs) In fact, in fact, everything is a simulation. Okay. Okay? Basically, some probably future incarnation of humanity Mm. has actually created everything we can see. This table... Yeah? Everything. Yeah. This chair. Everything we can see or touch or feel is actually just computer coding.
2: Like on The Sims?
1: Exactly like The Sims, right? But I'm not... I haven't seen The Sims for a long time, but I imagine not quite as... I
2: wondered what that weird diamond above your head was. <laughs> I have no idea what that even
1: means. But, yes, exactly like that. And do you know who agrees with me? Who? Elon Musk.
2: Oh, well, there we go then.
1: But, I mean, listen, I don't want to freak anyone out. No. But... It would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? And so all Brexit is, all Trump is, all anything is, is some coder somewhere throwing in a little bit of disruption for another super racer's entertainment. It's
2: quite liberating in a way. We're
1: just the pl- well, no, because they're controlling everything you do.
2: Yeah, but none of it matters.
1: None of it matters. Well, yes. Um, but then, you see, they could what they can do is, what this super race can can do by checking out... You know, we do it. We we run scenarios through computers to see what the outcomes are. Yeah. That's what they're doing. So they're checking out how certain disruptors on our, uh, you know, meaningless uh, coder... Uh, you know, because we're not real people. We're computer no. games. Computer, what do you call? Them? Avatars, yeah. whatever. We're just them. So they disrupt us and then they'll see how Brexit goes and they'll see how the public uh, the public or all you lot out there you've you know you computers because you're all simulated as well it's not just the podcast it's everything they see how brexit affects the population and the wider world and then they go yeah i think we'll steer clear of that sort of thing <laughs> ju- we're just a t- we're just, a, just a, test run. Bear, a petri dish just to see what happens just to test it out see how this stuff grows
2: We'll never know if you're right,
1: there. Well, we might. How? How are we
2: going to know? Well,
1: that? if the Supercoder is watching, this is a god figure. Come now, Supercoder. Send
2: us a sign. Send <laughs> us
1: a sign. It is real. You're all doomed. Oh. Ah. All right, then. Oh, well. <laughs> Welcome back, and I'm joined, because we have no Brexiteer of the Week this week, um, because we've had a fallow week with the paper, as I explained earlier. We have, instead, got a very special guest. The New Europeans um, social media expert, internet guru, does all things electronic. If you've got a VHS that doesn't work, he'll come (laughs) round and fix it. John O'Reed, welcome. Hello, hello listeners. I think we talk about the importance of social media and that kind of thing, to the debate, and then pick out a few of our favourite bonkers Brexiteers. Absolutely. Okay, so tell us some of the stuff that people have been tweeting more recently, because the debate shifts all the time on Twitter. How does it kind of work?
3: Mm, so, I mean, certainly... And not just Twitter, of course.
1: It's me that's obsessed with Twitter, but no. Snapface and Insta Snap.
3: <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, something like that, Richard. Um, I mean, certainly with... It certainly feels like momentum's slightly shifting back in our direction again. Obviously, this week the big talking points have been around um, what some people will call scaremongering, but the fear of what might happen if there's a no deal Brexit, and that's certainly t- helping to shift opinion. And we're certainly seeing that with the opinion polls.
1: And it's a lot of it. A lot of it certainly I see on on I'm quite active on Twitter. Don't use Facebook um, really for anything apart from looking at cute, other people's cute babies and things like that. Mm. When I see this, we saw people making fun of each other. Really, there's not a lot of serious debate goes on. It's take the stockpiling, for example. We've seen lots of very funny tweet. I've seen lots of funny tweets about it, but I've not really seen any in depth debate, debate. really outside sort of journalists pump, pumping their stories out.
3: I mean, it depends who you're following. That's um, <laughs> <but>, Jono. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I very much am in all of the sort of major um, pro remain Facebook groups. I know that people might say it's a bit of a bubble, but Certainly, you know those. There are serious conversations going on. There's yeah. lots of networking about how we can get involved to stop it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does depend who you're following. I mean, some of it is sort of the light-hearted stuff, but equally, you know, there are some decent, serious conversations going on about it. And it's like you say, it's not just Twitter, um, but also these Facebook groups, um, even our New European page. Lots of chatter going on there. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that. You know, there's a good good mixture on there. Um, but sometimes you do need the more light-hearted stuff um, to sort of...
1: Well, we certainly enjoy the light-hearted stuff. And I know that we, as a podcast we interact with the listener very well on social media. But how important is, um, is it for sort of grassroots, you know, organising and things like that?
3: I think it's really important. I mean, there are accusations that some newspapers and some... Um, publishers and organisations, news organisations don't take the sort of grassroots contributions so seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of trying to get the word out there about any sort of way that people can stop Brexit or get involved with stopping Brexit, mm-hmm. social media is a great way to get that to, to be spread around and get, to get the word out there. Um, you know, I think in more recent years, we've seen that social media is sort of becoming the, the, the way of getting around you know, the right wing media and getting... Um, stories out there that people wouldn't perhaps read anywhere else. So, other than the New European, of course, where we're very keen to hear from the grassroots organisers. But um, you know, social media is a great way to sort of get the word out there about stuff that you wouldn't see in the mainstream media.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that I mean, it's changed so quickly. I remember I was a fo- I was a foreign editor when the Arab Spring happened, and a lot of people said that was sort of Twitter's hmm. Twitter's war. You know, because hmm. it, it, a lot of that organising was. Being done on Twitter, we're we looking more at sort of Facebook groups now, though, for for Remain groups rather than Twitter and other things. I think
3: I think you've, I think it, I think it is definitely a mixture of it of the two different platforms, Facebook and Twitter, in particular. Um, you've got to remember that Facebook is massive compared to Twitter. Twitter has yeah. only got a very small percentage. It tends of, to be
1: journalists and MPs from what well, I
3: can tell. yeah, there is that as well. I mean, we've we've got a good. Amount of hardcore remainers on Twitter, but certainly I think you know if you want to get the average person on the street um, finding out about what you're doing, or or you want to present that news story to a wider audience, Facebook's where it is because it covers so many different demographics. I know that the younger audience perhaps are sort of shunning Facebook a bit more, but it still does for us cover you know all those different demographics, different age groups, etc. So I think if you want to get Bigger appeal. That's that's where we need to be turning. So your to
1: advice, to my next question. You've just got partly answered the question there. Would be you know if you, if you want to if you want to um, support the Remain cause, then social media is a great place to start, isn't it? If you aren't already, mm. it, 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 do, do you sort of make your home on Facebook and, and use the other avenues? Alongside it? Yeah,
3: I would say so. I mean, some people are a bit more cautious about, you know, how much information is out there on Facebook. And, yeah, with Twitter, obviously, you can be who you want to be, um, which, as we've seen with... That's weird, because when I
1: read my tweets back, I've been exactly the person I don't want (laughs) to be, usually. (laughs) Well, yeah, but, you know, obviously,
3: that is the pitfall. You know, I would say Twitter (laughs) is perhaps a bit more open, you know, open to abuse, open to trolling, etc. quite um, rough
1: and tumble as well, is it? I mean, you do need a thick skin.
3: Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, you do need, definitely need a thick skin. But, I mean, like I say, I think Facebook has got that bigger appeal um, and, you know, certainly with our own content from the near European, that's where we see the most success. Yeah. Um, because you've just got a bigger audience that you can target and I guess that's why, you know, we've had these allegations of, um, facebook being involved or users of Facebook being involved in trying to uh you know use propaganda to turn the uh, e u referendum result you know back in two thousand and sixteen um, yeah, yeah. you know because it has got that big potential to sway people 's opinions and 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 to get stuff out there that you know isn 't already out there in the mainstream media
1: but does does it not exist in more of a bubble of facebook? I thought you you know if you had a group you invite the people you agree with and then and and you sort of get together like an old you know, Union Wood on a shop floor somewhere rather than on Twitter, it goes out and everyone can see it if they want.
3: Yeah, and again, it does come back to, you know, where you choose to put your information, you know. I'm sure you've got friends on Facebook no. that are... <laughs> OK, well, the average listener, I'm sure I've got friends who don't necessarily um, believe in the Remain calls, but they will pay attention to what you're posting out there. You might get into a bit of disagreement with them. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just about those groups. It's, you know, there's so many different elements to Facebook. And, I mean, I'm sure there's those that are listening that are in the Facebook groups that are pro-Remain, but you still get the old lever in there anyway who's either come for an argument or come for... Um, Maybe to see the other side of the debate, I'm not Ooh, so like sure. Oh, like double about agent? That. Well, yes, of course. Oh. Um, and the New European's got its own Facebook group as well. You know, Occasionally we get um, some levers in there. Um, but it's true, you know, to a certain extent, they are bubbles, those groups. Uh-huh. But um, you know, like I said, that's just one element of Facebook. You've still got um, the potential to, to get the word out there on your own personal profiles and various other ways. And
1: if you're a remainer on Instagram, do you have to be wearing a bikini and eating vegan food?
3: I mean, it might help with getting likes. It's <laughs> um, not working for me. <laughs> um, but I mean, Instagram was great. At, uh, you know, the, the anti-Brexit um, rally a couple of months ago. You know, the anti-Trump protests. All really striking visual imagery yeah, there. You need of, that visual to go with it. Exactly. And you know, again, that's just another way we can use social media to get the word out. And again, you know, going back to this whole allegation that the mainstream media aren't reporting on um, you know events like this enough. You know, it's a good way to sort of get those images out there and. and to make them as shareable as possible because those particular rallies were very eye catching and, and very visual, and that worked really well for tools like in, uh, Instagram. So,
1: John, my favourite thing to do on Twitter actually is not to chat amongst friends because I don't have many of them either on Twitter, but to look at some of the sort of bonkers Brexiteers on there. Absolutely. So, give um, us some of your favourites.
3: Yeah, we, we, we've had quite a week for bonkers Brexiteers. Um, Who should we start with? Let's start with Aaron Banks. Yeah, Um, lie detector test. Yes, he's taken a lie detector test um, about Russian funding um, Mm. of Brexit and how he gets his own money. Uh, Mr Banks would like to point out that was a huge success um, (laughs) and he passed with flying colours. I mean, nothing suspicious about that whatsoever. (laughs) Um, But he um, posted a very um, I'm not going to say fetching picture of him, but well, he did was you all...
1: see? Uh, the best, someone likened it to that scene in The Goonies <laughs> where the kids tied up downstairs and the monster is you know like he's being monstrous, and then he gives him like a chewy bar. <laughs> I might have <laughs> to ask my parents on that one, Richard. But... Oh, what?
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as you can imagine, he passed that test with flying colours. Of course, he did. He also slipped up this week in uh, a response to Chucker Muna.
1: This was brilliant. Um, this is one of my favourite tweets of the year, I think. which
3: was in relation to Chucker's. Um, claims that the uh, UK is falling behind in terms of growth, um, and compared to all the other G seven countries, we were you know going backwards essentially. Um, and Aaron Banks picked up on this, quote tweeted it, and then said um, that the UK was what was it that he said? He
1: said that, I think he said the USA, Canada, and Japan aren't in the G seven. Exactly, Doping. Yeah, and, <laughs>
3: which he then he then quickly corrected and said that um, he meant. Brexit and he meant the EU so he was <laughs> of actually course he did. He, of course, yes, oh, he tried well, to cover well, himself well, and say that well, yeah, actually well, you know, he meant <laughs> but I mean people are pointing out that, you know, for this guy who um, you know, is essentially helped Bankroll Brexit. The fact that um, he's <laughs> trying to suggest that the USA, Japan, and Canada are not in the G seven um, yeah. is not particularly reassuring. Hilarious. Um, who else? I mean, Danny Dyer was a massive story for us this week on yeah. the European. Yeah. Yeah. This is the guy that um, I won't use all the words because you'll need the bleeper for that. No, but, go you know. for it. I like bleeps. <laughs> well, David Cameron, of course, he called him a t last month. A what? A t- <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's also gone after Nigel Farage as well, yeah. and he called him a. B- um, so again, you're going to need the bleepy thing for that. Um, f- and again, he said that he f- hates David Cameron. F- um, hates him. But there was there was a bit more of a helpful undertone to it. He says that you know he originally voted for Brexit because you know he a, he hates Cameron, as as you can kind of deduce from that. But also, you know, he, he had been sort of swallowed up by all the promises, much like presumably a lot of the uh, Brexiteers. Um, but he now says that he thinks remaining is is the best. He would vote remain exactly. Danny Dyer. Um, so yeah, he he has sort of explained now why he's uh, decided to back remain. Um, remain hard man. But unfortunately, you know, that just prompted the anger of the Brexiteers again. And in fact, one person tweeted us and said that uh, Danny Dyer was now a snowflake, which I think <laughs> in terms of snowflakes, Danny Dyer definitely does not fall into that. Um, oh, into that. I'm criteria. sure he'd, be,
1: he'd love to be a snowflake.
3: <laughs> Nigel Farage is also back in the media, as you can imagine. Um, this week he was put down by a vet not not, <laughs> yeah. not literally um but basically uh he got a phone call from a vet on his uh, lbc radio show um and she went on to sort of explain you know what the pitfalls were for the veterinary uh for the veterinary industry um he was very much flummoxed by the whole thing um and there was a odd a very um odd moment when he went completely silent which is almost unheard of um <laughs> I was told um, on Twitter by one Brexiteer that this was just a sign of Nigel Farage being very kind and that you know, she just wasn't making a coherent argument. Um, but if you listen back to the clip on the website, you can hear how he stutters and pulls various faces when clearly he's been left flummoxed by Nigel this. Nigel um, Farage, goodness me.
1: Well, Jono, thank you very much. No there are things that our listeners can do right away, aren't they, on social media. So they can follow The New European, which is at...
3: At The New European, strangely enough. Um, they can follow you. They can follow me. I'm at John O'Reid. Um But yeah, you can also join our Facebook group, as I mentioned. Not only do we have a Facebook page, but we have a Facebook group for readers of The New European to discuss stories, not just in our newspaper, but other publications, and also to talk about the grassroots. Tell us um, what you're up to. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We, we love hearing from our readers, so you know, there's another way to get in touch with us now.
1: You can follow me at Porrit, that's P-O-R-R-I-T-T. I <laughs> you have to, to think about in that, in yes. <laughs> on Twitter. The vegan bikini Instagram stuff you probably don't want to see. So I'll We are on
3: Instagram it. at the new European again there. Um, there you go. Yep. Nice
1: and easy. And if you like this podcast, of course, you can uh, like it, you can review it, you can tell all your pals, and you can keep downloading it That was the New European Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's been a hoot, as always. You won't have bought the paper this week. Well, you won't have bought this week's paper, because there wasn't one. We had a little week off, as we do at Christmas and Easter. This was our summer holidays. But there will be one next week. The summer special, of course, is still on sale. So if you haven't got it, it's a bumper issue. It's £3. It's brilliant. Go and buy it. This podcast will also be back next week. Until then, Mr. Campbell, blow those bagpipes. Here you go. (laughs) Here you go.